0: Good morning, Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders on a rare Tuesday. We have a snow day today. We're finally getting some snow in my region. It's actually been a very... uh Tame winter overall. We've gotten some frigid temperatures, but I think we've only got snow here twice, and it was like an inch or two max, which is kind of odd for this time of the year and for this part of the country. However, been kind of nice because we haven't had too many snow days for school. So hopefully, I'll get out nice and early and have a nice long summer vacation. So to kick this one off, I got an email after my last podcast, and a little backstory to that last bad uh, podcast. I tend to try to avoid things that are negative in the hobby. It's For me, this hobby is for fun. I find a lot of enjoyment out of positive interactions with people and whatnot, and I tend to just kind of keep the negative stuff quiet or don't respond to it or don't say anything about it. Every once in a while, like I had one about... Us all needing to get along for the hobby because I was getting sucked into a lot of negativity. I've had people ask me to do lists of like my least favorite species or the most overrated species and I refuse to do it because quite frankly, it's, I don't want to potentially – A, I, don't, I can't really think of any species to put on it. I've liked everything I've kept. Um, the other thing is it's it's just kind of a negative thing and it's only going to draw negativity back when people get upset because you say you don't like their favorite spider. So I tend to avoid negativity like the plague. I want to be a positive source. I don't want to be seen as one of these quote unquote elitists that frequent sometimes the forums and the message boards. That's not what I'm about. And I do hope that anybody that's interacted with me either through email or comments or whatever has never felt in any way, shape, or form that I'm judging them. I'm honestly not. I have a lot of discussions with Billy about, you know, interacting with people and the fact that I want people to feel comfortable coming to me. I, I feel terrible when people email me and apologize for like a whole paragraph about the question or about the speak, uh, ask. Just go ahead and ask the question. I'm not judging. I've been there. I've done that and it's, I, it's been very easy for me, especially interacting with people who are still just getting into the hobby. To remember what it was like in those days when I had questions and was afraid to ask and, and had questions I thought might be stupid questions. So to ever come across as elite or preachy or better than now, that's never been my attention. So for a while now, I've considered doing some reviews of things that are out there. I did do a podcast a while back on how to recognize bad information. It was something people requested and something that I think people were interested in hearing about. And honestly, when you first get into the hobby, trying to recognize good information from bad information can be incredibly difficult. And sometimes what we do is, and I know I went through this myself, is you start picking up books and reading magazine articles, finding websites, and you assume that if somebody takes the time to write a book about tarantulas and their care, that they are, A, into the animals, that they enjoy the animals, that they're into the hobby, that they love the animals so much and have spent so much time working with them that they want to share their experiences. And B, you would assume that because of that, their information would be correct. You'd be, you could go buy the information in that book, set up your, your tarantulas, have them live long, healthy lives. And unfortunately, that's not the case. And what happened was recently, I picked up a couple tarantula books, digital versions, because I was too cheap to shell out for the hardcover, cotton, or the uh, trade paperback copies. And basically, it was because I had a couple emails over the course of a month, just just two, but asking, one asking me specifically, are there any good tarantula books out there? And I recommended the ones I've, you know, used that I like. That most of them are pretty good and have some good information in it. And then I had somebody contact me and basically. It turned into not an argument but they had read some misinformation in a book and it was about heat mats and were asking me why I don't use heat mats. Um, My tarantulas need the optimal temperature of 85 degrees and I asked them where they were getting this information from. They told me the name of the book and that kind of brought this all about and then I read the books and I have to admit I again I try to stay positive but poor Billy does have to listen. She's kind of my sounding board when I have to feel like I have to get some of this stuff out of me because it can be incredibly frustrating doing this and I do want people to just appreciate that that you know the majority 99.9% of the questions and stuff I get are just legitimate Questions from people who just don't know And they want somebody that has actually done this To answer them I get not wanting to just read something And take it at face value I totally get that And sometimes you go on the forums You have a bunch of people telling you Yeah, if your spider's flipped over, it's molting But just hearing it from a person That's actually there on the other end of the email Or comment makes you feel better So I totally get that So 99.9% of the time, the comments are fine What happens is every once in a while I get comments from people that have read something somewhere And then instead of just going "All right, I've contacted this Tom Big Spider's guy Everybody's been telling me to contact about this question. Perhaps I should listen to what he has to say. I get in these little arguments where people are like, Well, I read in a book, or I read here, or I read there, and it just makes my job more difficult and frustrating. So usually, Billy has to listen to me vent, and there are days where it's like we go on our walk and I'm just venting about stuff that I've read, or bad information, or people that I have a very difficult time, and I mentioned this in the last podcast of so people that they try to share information not because they're trying to be helpful, but because they they're trying to present themselves as experts or make money off it. In the case of a book, you're not if you're not giving that book away, that's something you're making money off of. So now you're trying to profit off of your information, which if it's good information, more power to you. I don't blame you for wanting to get paid. But when it's bad information, that's just that's not fair to the animals, it's not fair to the people out there that are looking for good husbandry information for these tarantulas. I just don't I can't wrap my mind around that. So as it turned out, out of the books I read, I read four books total. A couple of them were written by keepers who, you could tell just through the book, they had an obvious love for tarantulas. Now was the information correct no and, and again we always talk about the gray areas and there are a lot of gray areas in tarantula keeping but then there are some things that are just considered to be universally wrong and somebody putting a book out there for like here's the ultimate beginner guide for people just getting into the hobby they don't know any better at this point they, The people just getting in i mean i remember again picking up books and thinking oh this is this is how it is this guy obviously knows what they're talking about they're not able to differentiate between good information and bad information and this is how the bad information is spread so again do I get upset sometimes over this yes I do I'm privy to a lot of different things are out there because I get emails from people sometimes for lack of a better term tattling on you know information they found online and I don't do much with it because I don't want to personally attack people I don't want to seem like some elitist that thinks I know everything I don't know everything Billy and I just had this huge discussion the other day where I was talking about how for years we talked about you don't need to clean tarantula as much at all. Some people leave them on the same substrate for years and just spot clean, but how keeping has changed. And I've been giving a lot of thought to fossorial species, especially moisture dependent ones. I believe I mentioned this in the last one and it's got me rethinking how I do things. So I'm always constantly trying to look at better ways to do things. It's why I bristle when people call me an expert. I do not consider myself an expert. I bristle when people call me a professional. I am not a professional. I am a hobbyist who likes to report on what I find and what I learn. I am a teacher by trade. That's the one thing I actually get paid for and that I do professionally and have a you know, a, a d- degree for. But I'm not a professional. I'm not an expert. I've got some experience. I like to share it. I like to talk with other people and hear what they're doing and kind of take that information and mull it over, uh, make changes. One good thing is I get to talk to a lot of different keepers. So if somebody says something and then a couple of weeks later somebody else says something, I can kind of – put that information in the back of my mind and realize there might be something to look at there, like one of the things we talked about was the P. muticus and the fact that some of the slings and juveniles burrow and won't come up for food, I was in a unique position to talk to a lot of people about that, so it wasn't just my observation, it was many, and I've also been a huge proponent of being very open in what we learn and what we see in our collections, a lot of times people have deaths, they're afraid to talk about it because they're going to get publicly admonished for not keeping something the right way, where basically that's a way of burying possible information we could be getting out of this. I've had people tell me, you know, oh, Tom, I'm, I'm really embarrassed about this. I'm kind of ashamed to tell you, but my blah, blah died, blah, blah species died, and I don't know what happened, but this becomes a huge dialogue where we start asking questions and trying to figure out. I do the same thing with them that I do when I lose one, is try to figure out exactly what went wrong to see if there's information to be gleaned on it, and so, again, this is, in a way, some of what I do with the Tom's Big Spiders is selfish because I, it does open up avenues that I wouldn't have if I didn't go public with my keeping experiences if I didn't start this website there would be so much information I haven't been that I wouldn't have been able to get from just looking at the message board so That's what I try to do. I try to take this stuff, present it. I try to keep an open mind. And first and foremost, I try to be positive. I, I, again, I hold a lot of stuff back and try not to get snarky. People that meet me in person probably are a little bit taken aback at first because I'm a lot more laid back in person and and will be a little more open with stuff. But I think there's enough negativity out there right now on the boards and in the forums, and, and nobody needs me adding to it. So, Back to the original point, I gave a lot of thought about doing these reviews, and the one I did last week on the book, uh, I don't even remember what the title is, Ultimate Tarantula Guide or whatever, we won't bring it up again because I think I've dragged it through the mud enough, but I gave a lot of thought to this, and I remember talking to Billy, who... Her view of the tarantula hobby basically is through me. She does go on, she's on a couple of uh, tarantula groups now. She's gotten much more interested in it. I think she's like, as time has gone on, she does a lot of my filming. She reads a lot of the YouTube comments. So it's, it's become much more of our thing as we've moved ahead. And But a lot of what she hears is, unfortunately, she catches the negativity that I'm not allowed to put out there or I don't want to put out there. And she listens to a lot of my venting. So when I started reading these books and telling her about the ridiculous things that were written in them the damaging things that were written in them she's like man you gotta you gotta go online you gotta tear these up and I remember turning to her and be like you know what? I really want to but I'm afraid it's going to send the wrong idea that the, the wrong message it look at here's Tom Moran just ripping people apart to be mean because he thinks he's so great And it's not about that at all I don't think I'm so great I make mistakes I totally get that but it's more about venting like publicly venting and because I have people asking me what are some good tarantula books or I have people asking me how do you tell good information from bad information I still get that question quite a bit. I know those of you that have been with me for a while, undoubtedly know how to recognize good information from bad information now, but there are always those new people coming in. I got three emails and a couple comments this week from people that just found my podcast and are now going through it. Every day I have new people that are going through finding my videos, so this is all brand new to them. So I try to reiterate those important points, and I do think it's an incredible, it's a crucial skill in this hobby to recognize good information from bad information. You can't go very fast far without being able to do that so I do try to instruct in a way and I came down to the point where it was like you know what one of these books in particular the one I reviewed last week was so bad so egregious in some of the things it said about you know just misinformation about them being you know needing the heat mats about the you know the the communal things uh the fact that they were trying to portray them as lethal creatures which they are not which really bothered me all of that just it was so bad and then the fact that when I went and did a little research on the author it was blatantly obvious the author did not care an iota about tarantulas she writes hundreds of books or it was all close I want to say close to 100 books I want to exaggerate no hyperbole here uh, close to 100 books on various species going through some of the reviews some of the other people tore her up people that were in like if she wrote one of them it was some type of reptile I thought a lizard and the lizard the people that were into these came on and said this was absolutely terrible so it isn't just tarantula she's doing so here's what I saw it as normally I don't want to attack people there are people out there that do stuff sometimes that frustrates me I shut my mouth I figure eventually people will catch on and hopefully move away from sources of that information that's my hope I'm not out here to call people out I'm not not the you know the police for bad information or good information. I don't want to portray myself as that. But when something like this happens, when you get a book and somebody's selling a book trying to make money off of ignorant people, the people, and I don't mean ignorant and bad man. I mean ignorant is they don't know the information yet. That's just totally wrong. And the print information in there that she didn't have any experience with these. I know I read her bio, and she's like, when I was when I think about writing a book on one of these animals, I, I pick a couple up and keep them for how long? I mean. I'm sorry, the whole thing just really rubbed me the wrong way. And, and Billy and I were sitting in bed and I'm reading this book and we were laughing about it. like some of the stuff I'm like, oh, we got another one here. And it was supposed to be more tongue in cheek, funny. But then when I got to the end and I looked at the sources and realized my my website was used as a source for this. That just triggers them. That was like, you've got to be kidding me. I put out I try to put out some of the best information out there. I'm constantly tweaking stuff. I just went through the website the other day, changed a bunch of things because I have more information on the species now. I wanna keep that kind of a living document where I keep adding to it with my videos. I will go back and call myself out for things that, you know, I feel like I did wrong in the past or things that I think I could do better in the future changes. The fact that somebody took that information and used it to produce this book really bothered me. So After debating for quite some time on whether or not I should do a podcast like the one I did last week, where it would technically be quite a negative one, me venting a bit, this book put me over the edge. I said, you know what, we're going to do it. And I picked, you know, I read a couple other books, I took notes on them, I highlighted stuff that I thought was kind of ridiculous, and decided I would go forward with it. However, my biggest fear with doing this is that people would find it to be uncharacteristically negative because I do try to keep everything positive. And that people might hear it as, oh, look, here's Tom's big spiders being cocky and tearing down somebody else's hard work. And I did not want that. So back to the point at hand, I got an email the other day from a listener, and I'm going to go ahead and click over so you'll hear me click. And basically, it's from Colton McBride, who I've corresponded with before, a really good guy, you know, new into the hobby. And I'm just going to sum it up. I'm not going to read the whole thing verbatim, but he kind of confirmed my fears about what I was initially worried about would happen if I did a podcast like this. And basically, well, let me just read part of it because it's it's probably easier than encapsulating, but he went on to say incredibly positive things. And again, anybody that if, if I misstep or do something, please feel free to come out and call me on it, or we can at least have a discussion. And I can explain where I'm coming from. And I did email him back immediately because I wanted him to understand where I was coming from and what I was doing, but basically said we've had, you know, he starts off by saying he loves my information, and everything, and I truly appreciate it. And then we get to this part. However, I must admit, I am not a fan of your newest episode. I believe that I completely. I completely understand your reason for discrediting this terrible source, and I do believe that you have every right, and also realize that I may very well be in the minority here, but I believe that anyone who makes it as far into this hobby that they are listening to your podcast likely has the good sense to understand terrible housekeeping guidance. I know that you mentioned that you intend on doing more episodes akin to this, and that may be the best decision for you, but I believe that it makes you, who has been very humble and informative thus far, seem cocky and have this air of excellence while discrediting this. This one I took to heart. Now, again, I want to make it very, very clear that uh, when I did this, I purposely picked a book that I knew – wasn't done by somebody in the hobby I I mean believe me I had many other books I could have picked from and the reason I chose this one is a some of the things in it that I took issue with were the most egregious of any of the books I'd read and b it was blatantly obvious that this author really didn't keep tarantulas she just went oh people keep spiders I'll write a book about it and that bothered me and however Again, before I even started recording this, I was worried about how that it would come across too negative, or that I might be seen as sounding cocky, or like he says that like I have this air of excellence that like oh yep King Tom here, and that bothers me a lot because I'm going to go out on a limb and say if Colton thought this or probably other people that thought it, and that's not at all. And this isn't like I'm, I have some carefully constructed public image. I just try to keep things positive. I steer away from the negative on purpose. Obviously, there are things that bother me, and I you know, talk to people in confidence about things that go on that really get under my skin and I feel like are a detriment to the hobby. But this is the first time I really went out there and tore something up and I can see what he's saying. Now, again, I don't want this to turn into, I don't need people defending me. I don't want this. This isn't a call for people to come on and go, no, no, this is the deal. When you put out content like this, this is this situation right here is something that you run the risk of doing. You run the risk of turning off people that do appreciate the fact that I keep things positive. So, My comment to this would be, first of all, I just do want to make clear that one one part I don't quite agree with, and Colton, I think I mentioned this to you, is the fact that a lot of the people that are finding me are just getting into the hobby. My name gets around a lot, and I do feel that certain points are important to reiterate, and one of them is recognizing bad care guides, bad books on tarantulas, and stuff of that nature. So that was the real push behind this was the fact that I do like to touch base on these topics every once in a while and point out some of the things to look for. Now, the way I did it, maybe I went overboard, I can understand that, but I have to admit, and I'm just going to throw this out there, it made me angry. It made me angry that somebody was trying to get money for this. It made me angry that somebody that in the hobbyist wrote a book about our hobby and was trying to make money off it. It made me angry that this individual used my work as a source to basically complete this book and so this was one of the few times that I've actually done something whether it be a video or a podcast although the the one podcast I did about the you know infighting in the hobby I was pretty angry about that getting sucked into that but I try not to do that so I'm guessing for me it's just me it's Tom Moran sitting down at the computer sharing My beliefs, it's not a big deal. I I just assume people are going to roll with it sometimes, but I understand for people that are used to hearing me be super positive, this is kind of odd for them and could have come across as me being cocky and that's not what I was going for. So Colton, I just want to publicly thank you so much for this email because it did give me a lot to think about. This was something I was considering doing a series on After I put this one out and re-listened to it, I had already kind of come to the conclusion myself that I didn't like going, it was supposed to be fun. That was the other thing is it was supposed to be something we could all laugh at like, oh my gosh, how could, like I I did a review of an article not that long ago wherein the person said that the best way to get a spider that's fasting to eat again is to feed it another tarantula and it was kind of done tongue in cheek like we're supposed to laugh at it and apparently, unfortunately, my anger probably actually really came through on this review. And kind of kept it from being something that was funny that we could all laugh at, ha ha ha, to making it sound like I was just literally attacking this author and her work which I guess in a way I was. So anyway, I, I this has gotten much longer than I planned it to be, but I don't have many instances to address people about what I do and what I see my role as in all of this stuff. You know, again, I always point out the fact that Tom's Big Spiders was started as a joke between my family and I. It was never meant to go this far, and I enjoy doing it, and I will tell you what I've done with Tom's Big Spiders is some of the most fulfilling teaching I've done in my career. It, it's just it feels very satisfying to know that, that Many people are benefiting from the knowledge i 'm trying to put out there, but we 're all going to make mistakes now. i do I regret putting this one up? No, I think it, I, I felt better after doing it let 's put it that way. I, I felt like I got the vent a little bit. I felt you know honestly, the woman used my stuff as far as i 'm concerned. that opens me up to be able to basically critique what she put out there. Uh, Maybe I regret the way it was done. Maybe I regret the way that it came across as angry. Again, Colton, I don't think you're probably the only one that was a little taken aback by the negativity in that one. I just hope that people that listen to it realize I'm not an elitist. I'm not judging another hobbyist. I know I made some comments. I think one of the things that probably threw people off, and I should have cut it out because I didn't articulate it correctly, is the part about regurgitating information. Let me be very clear. A hobbyist out there that's learning, that's sharing what they learn, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I want to make that very clear. There's a lot of people out there that have YouTube channels, websites, that just go on the boards and share their information. My big thing is when somebody takes information that's not theirs. When they go out, there, new in the hobby, they, they do a bunch of research and then they turn it around and put it out there like they're some type of expert. That bothers me a little bit because that's dangerous. So without You can tell when you've been in the hobby long enough or if you've been any any or or an expert in any type of field, you can start to smell the BS and recognize what's BS and somebody that's just basically regurgitating information they looked up on Google or people that actually have experienced it. And I think with a hobby like this experience, you know, it's not everything, but it does count for something. And and I think in some instances, when you read these books, you can recognize when there's somebody that's actually experienced something or somebody that just found it on somebody's website and is turning it around. And for somebody that is at a level where they haven't kept for a while to put out something that is going to be like sold on the market and is going to be you know possibly read by keepers who are looking for information on how to keep it you better make sure your information is on point point. and when it's not i do feel like that's you're negligent for putting that out there that's not a good thing so that was more what i was talking about i think i 'm worried now that people are thinking i 'm judging like all kinds of stuff out there. No, it was more just for the people that take information that they don 't know anything about they They go online they they read a couple forums, they read a couple you know blog posts, they watch a couple videos, and then they turn around and try to make themselves look like some type of expert that bothers me a lot i 'll say it right and i 've mentioned it before, so this shouldn 't be a shock to anybody that has listened to my podcast before. That bothers me and again i 'm not saying that people can 't go out. I think the boards can be some of the best places in the world to get information because you're going to get a lot of points of view plus they self-police in a way now sometimes they self-police in a way that is not particularly constructive somebody will come on and go you idiot that's not how you keep them whatever but what i'm saying is somebody posts a question you get 30 people that answer there are going to be some people that throw some stuff out there that isn't accurate and usually somebody will quickly hopefully politely shoot that misinformation down it kind of regulates itself and I love that so I think people should share information I I have keepers that will sometimes contact me that have been in the hobby for not that long I'm like, hey, Tom, I just witnessed this today. I know you've probably seen this a million times, but I just thought it would be interesting to share. And sometimes they come up with some really cool things that I haven't witnessed. So here's me getting information from somebody who might have been in the hobby for a month. All information is important. All information should be shared. I just bristle when people are collecting information from other sources that don't really have the background or the background knowledge to you know ferret through that information to figure out if it's accurate or if it's good and then they just turn around and throw it back out there. When there's misinformation involved, that's when we get the spreading of misinformation. That's where we that's where those bad care sheets come from. Somebody cutting something out word for word, some of the stuff in this book were cut off of pages that had bad care sheets. So now that page that created that bad care sheet not only the people that see that page are getting that bad information, but somebody took that information out, didn't recognize it was bad because they didn't have the experience level to appreciate that it was bad, and stuck it in a book and gave it to more people. It's just like this, uh, just like a virus, a bad virus. Like one person gets it, and another person gets it, and next thing you know, a bunch of people have it. That's what bothers me. So I hope that explaining some of this, Colton, first of all, I, again, I, I hope this makes it a little more clear what I was doing, and your point is very valid. Like, this isn't something I'm even disputing. It's obviously – you touched on something that I had concerns with before I even started and again for the rest of you out there I'm not asking for I don't want this to turn into oh no Tom you're great I love it. whatever that's not what this is about I just felt like I should further explain why I did that podcast last week why I for lack of a better phrase or term broke character and got that negative and it's because it was kind of just it was cathartic I'll put it that way it felt good to kind of call out some of the crap that I find out that there and not it it wasn't meant to attack that person the author personally but when you use my information again it opens you up to I I should be able to retort or respond you use my info for this and granted the stuff she used my info for I think seemed right I didn't realize she had used it until the end but who knows, but the point of this was not for me to be like, look at how smart I am, look at all the knowledge I, ha- I have, and, and apparently if even one person came uh, stepped away from that podcast thinking that's how I came across, then it missed the mark, and again, I'm sure other people did as well. I just ask that people appreciate that I do, I am privy to a lot A lot of bad information, a lot of websites, you know, another thing that just happened is there's been a YouTube channel going around with a woman, I'm not going to mention the YouTube channel's name, I'm not going to mention the woman's name, because quite frankly, the less people that see this atrocity, the better, but I had also seen, been privy to this channel where this woman basically was holding... And H. lividum, and the thing was terrified, and she was saying, look, if it bites me, it's not that bad. They don't, The bites don't hurt that much, which is not true. Then she said she fell asleep with two of her tarantulas in her hands, and one of them bit the heck out of her thumb. She's got them on aspen bedding. It was deplorable. It's like, I mean, I can't stand animal abuse in any any type of animal abuse. I don't care which, I don't care if it's insects, all the way up to dogs, horses, whatever it may be. And this was flat out animal abuse. And that was in the back of my head because this woman's making videos now and somebody's going to go, hopefully they'll look at how many thumbs down she's gotten. Some of the comments are saying, this is terrible, but there's always going to be that one person that goes out there and went, yeah, I knew I could hold all my old worlds and they wouldn't hurt me that much if I pick them up. And then again, more misinformation. So I think that was in the back of my mind. The books that I read were obviously not particularly good, and that was frustrating me, and I think it all just kind of came to a boil, and then we had last week's podcast. So I think the moral of this story is, and I feel like this is probably producing two crummy podcasts in a row, so I apologize in advance, but the moral of the story on this one is that I'm going to try to keep things positive. I will keep things positive again. I am going to continue to do the reviews of the books and what I will do is come up with some type of criteria so it's not just me pulling out quotes and bashing every little thing in it which might have been overboard was probably overboard but what I'll do is just look at quality of information quality of you know bottom line does it tell you how to keep take care of spiderlings does it tell you how to set them up in enclosures does it tell you correct care information things of that nature and we'll rate them on that and I have read some good ones the one by Michael Jacoby um, I thought it was a great book. Obviously, transfer Keeper's Guide, although some of the stuff is a little bit outdated, is still a good place to start as long as you go, you know, ask some questions after you read it. Um, so we'll continue with doing some of those, but I we will not be doing any more of these long 45-minute teardowns of a book. It's just, I agree with Colton, that was a little too much, one-time deal, and we're going to move on from there. And again, I do not want this to turn into a big thing of people, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just keeping things transparent and, and sharing what's on my mind and trying to explain a little bit more about, I wasn't tearing down people doing. I just had somebody contact me the other day saying, hey, I'm, I want to start, I just got into the hobby I'd like to start my own YouTube channel what do you think about that and I encourage them I do it the more we can get out there the more people can see people keeping them the more that people can go out there and watch videos of people keeping them at different stages so for example I used to like to go look at beginner videos when I first got into it because I, I wanted to see if they were struggling with the same things I was I think that's all great just be transparent about what you know and how long you've been in it don't try to hide it don't try to you know appear like more than you're not if you don't know something just feel free to go hey you know what I don't know somebody asked me the other day about something I had to respond you know what I honestly don't know I could go hop on Google and pull a bunch of information out for him but and I did hop on Google and try to figure out some stuff because I didn't like that I didn't know it but I didn't share that with him it was more like unfortunately I'm just not sure so I guess that's what I'm asking if you're new to a hobby obviously share it we there's stuff we can all learn it doesn't matter what station you 're at if you 're an expert if you 're a beginner, we can all learn from mistakes we can all learn from good things happening. there are good observations that we can pass around, and we should feel free to share that that 's honestly how the hobby should work. We should all be sharing stuff My big the, the issue I took on bridge with is somebody that was obviously not in the hobby trying to produce material that would obviously lead a new hobbyist astray that was the big issue there and the fact that if you're you know and I will say this and I'm not going to back down from this point if you're gonna if you're going to go ahead and write a book on anything make sure it's something you know about otherwise it's just what is the point you're just trying to do a money grab as far as I'm concerned so again I apologize to anybody that was offended by the last one or thought it was me out of character or found it to be a downer I haven't even looked at the numbers on this if sometimes I do podcasts a couple of the ones I did I thought were gonna be really well received and they weren't I, I Always take that into account. Again, I'm, I'm putting material out there I want to put out there. I'm not going to censor or you know, stop doing something because a handful of people don't like it. However, I do think there are valid points. I think Colton brought up one. Obviously, I was already thinking about it before I even did the podcast, so it just confirmed my own fears and my own apprehensions on it. So... Please always feel free to share what you think about something good or bad. And I, just like with the tarantula stuff, I'm I'm learning as I go with this podcast stuff. I'm learning where I as I go with the Tom's Big Spiders stuff. And if I make a misstep, I want to be able to correct it in the future, or at least respond to it. So, uh, Colton, thank you so much for bringing this up. I, I'm just sad it took a half hour to go through it, but I did feel like it's nice because I feel like there's a little more positive way for me to get off my chest the issues that I had and hopefully the people that heard the last one and sat there and went man why is he so grumpy why does he think he's so awesome realize it wasn't that it was more just me again I shot for humorous but I think the fact that I was obviously upset came through and we didn't get humorous we just got scathing attack and that's not what I was going for all right so now that we've gotten that out of the way Let's get into some spider stuff. I got a funny feeling this is not going to be a very popular podcast, but I did feel like I needed to get that off my chest and, and respond to it because I'm sure there were other people out there thinking the same thing. But on the communals, I do have an update on my Monocentropus Balfoury communal. Um, I just done a video in which I talked about the fact that I had two males in the communal and probably seven females. Again, that was proved to be just guessing because I, you can't sex them out when they're in there. If you get a molt, the molts are usually either too gnarly or you don't know which spider they go to. But I did have one male that basically molted out his ultimate molt, uh, 14 months into the communal. So just over a year, it was a mature male. He was a much smaller one than some of the other females. In the enclosure. Well, then at about 20 months, 24 months, I had another one mature, much larger male, about a full inch bigger than the original little male. And then that was it for a while. And the rest of them, all being about the same size, I just assumed that they were all females. Well, the other day I went to check and Billy was in the room with her phone trying to tape some of the behavior. It looked like two of them were mating come to find out it wasn't a male and a female it was a male and another freshly molted ultimate male so now I have three males in the enclosure what I'm finding so fascinating about this, and again, I've seen with other species, some of the males molting, having their ultimate molt, and some of the males being smaller than others. So for example, I had a Thrixopelmaocriti male that molted out. He was about three, maybe three and a half inches long, tiny little guy, mature male. Well, at the same time, I had another Thrixopelmaocriti that I assumed was female because this one was already four inches and hadn't shown any signs of getting the emboli or anything. Well, come to find out several months later, this one molted and was about six seven gangly inches long. So almost three full inches longer than the male who had molted out ahead of time. And I found that very, very interesting. Now, fast forward, we have one male that just around the, you know, 14 months, right around the year mark, it might've been 13 months, molts out. He's only about three and a half inches, little guy. Then several months later, we have another one molt out who is closer to probably five inches or five and a half inches. So he's a pretty big dude. And now 30 months later, a third one has molted out. And I have another one that is, I thought was female, but has been very, very restless as of late. looks like it's getting ready to molt and I'm starting to suspect that that one could be male as well, which would mean four males that... Several months in between their ultimate malts, and I find that very interesting because one thing I have noticed about the communal is with like so for example, I will compare it to my Pisaetheria Metallica communal. and My Pisaetheria Metallica communal, there are some that are growing very very large, there are some that are medium, and then there's the little teeny tiny ones. This communal had didn't have any runs in it. The Monocentropus Balfouri communal has had no runs in it. They're all fairly you know, right around the same size or so I catch, I've caught the majority of them out at one time and they're all very similar in size and appearance. There's nothing, it's not like we have one coming out that's four and a half inches, another one coming out that's two inches or anything like that, which would lead you to believe that just some of them, the males were maturing faster than the females or some of the species were kind of pigs and getting more of the food. They all seem to eat every time I feed them. They all seem to be growing right around the same clip. So I do find it fascinating that they seem to be, the males seem to be maturing at vastly different times. So now we have one that's literally... One matured after a year, one of them is close to the three-year mark and it's maturing two and a half years and it's just matured. So that's a huge difference. And then if this fourth one ends up being a male, and we'll have to see how that goes, that's a full two-year difference basically between when the first male molted out and when the last one molted out. And there's a huge size difference. So I don't get it. I don't know. I'd love to hear from other keepers that have had different males molt out at different time periods or different sizes. Again, I'm not sure what's to be gleaned from this, but I do find it fascinating that it's taking this long on the flip side now I'm not sure how many females I have in there because now I'm just waiting for other males and I will say that the males have been kind of active one of the things I did here before starting the monocentropus balfouri communal is that the males can sometimes you get too many males it can upset the energy of the communal what I'm seeing now is the females are the ones I suspect to be females basically hide all day long the males when I come down in the morning the three males are running around taking turns trying to breed each other so there is a lot of activity in there with the males I I haven't seen that it's upset the females yet although I do have or tried to catch footage the other night and didn't end up getting it unfortunately of a male trying to breed a female the female wasn't receptive she turned around went to go the other way and then another male came up tried to breed her and she, you could tell she just wasn't having it so This may result in me plucking the males out. I do have a full-grown female who's currently spent the winter in hiding that I've tried to breed already, but she molted out before she had a sack. I will try to pair her again. She's from a different bloodline than either of the two bloodlines in the communal. So that will, you know, one male will be out of there for a while and then we'll have to play it by ear and see where we're going to go moving ahead. My goal was to keep them all together. I did pull the little male out once and paired him with my female. He was out of the tank for about, I think about a month and then put him back in. And he went right back to the communal with no problems whatsoever. There was no issues. So I assume the same thing would happen in the mail. But now I'm actually, you know, I'm giving thought. As much as I love the fact that I still have all nine together after all this time, I do have to take the, you know, I do have to look at the spiders and their safety and make sure that if they do seem to be causing a ruckus in there, because it is literally three males walking around trying to breed anything that moves, including each other, then it might be in my best interest to pull them out. So again, I will keep people updated, we'll play it by ear, but now we're down to probably having, well suspected six females but we'll see how it goes i know my buddy mark from mark's tarantulas started communal as well and i believe all of his turned out to be male so one thing i am noticing is there is a, a a good proportion of these are turning out to be male in mark's case a good proportion turned out to be male if not all of them and i just spoke to another keeper that i believe started with five and four of them are male so who knows what this means i always love to try to glean like what this might mean in the wild and i wonder that if in the wild the males don't mature and then go off and try to breed with other commutals i'm assuming there must be some commutals in the wild again it's just yes because we haven't actually observed it but it does get you wondering what what is the point of it? why would it almost be like their time released as far as when they're maturing because there's a definite you know Fourteen months to up to possibly thirty months right now even even more than thirty months that 's a huge difference from spiders that were right around the same size so again we 'll keep an eye on that, see how it goes and then, as far as a piece of ethereum metallica communal, I did count all ten the other night the one of the little ones molted again and is now just a bit bigger, but three of the bigger ones have molted and are now pushing about three and a half, probably close to four inches, showing some of the blues, so the size disparity is staggering. It's it just looks weird and it is getting to the point where I'm going to have to think about rehousing them soon. And unfortunately with what I am probably looking to put them in something around an exoterra nano tall size. If I do use an exoterra nano tall, I won't be able to put the little ones in it because they will be able to squeeze out of the vents. So we'll just have to kind of play it by ear, see where it goes, but definite rehousing and coming soon. And hopefully, I'll be able to keep all ten together. If not, I might just pluck those two little ones out, keep them by themselves, and maybe we'll do a giveaway at some point with them and keep the other eight in there. But again, this one makes me nervous because I've heard these horror stories about, you know, the Pisilotheria communals turning into basically the hunger games after they hit a certain point so hopefully I've talked to a couple people that had them said they've had no problems with them hopefully this continues to go well because I would be heartbroken if anything were to happen to them I would hold myself personally responsible for that so fingers crossed so anyway that should about do it for this one I apologize you just got another half hour of me ranting but uh, I figured I, I really needed to address that and kind of explain myself a little further so people didn't think I was putting down people trying to share information in the hobby I am absolutely not it was Mostly ones that are trying to do it to profit and ones that are trying to do it the profit that don't have the necessary experience or, or even the, inf- the correct information to do it. That's, that was really my hang-up. So hopefully that's clear now. Um, as always, if you're interested in seeing video versions of what I'm doing, you can check out my channel, Tom's Big Spiders, or under Tom Moran on YouTube. I have my website, tomsbigspiders.com. Again, thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you guys all next time.